0: I'm Sebastian Moffert, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of Enroute Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. Hello and welcome to our fifth episode of Word of Mouth, our evangelization podcast in the Archdiocese of St. Louis. My name is Michael Horn, and today I have a special guest in the studio, Sarah Rose. Sarah, how are you doing?
1: Doing pretty well. Had a great day so far today.
0: Good, good. So Sarah is an awesome friend who has worked a little bit with Totus Tuus this summer and is also just a student at Fontbonne currently. And Sarah is 22. She doesn't mind me telling you all that. And so I'm just going to invite Sarah to share a little bit about herself as we begin our fifth episode today, just on word of mouth. And so Sarah, what's going on? What do you want the audience to know about you?
1: Okay, so I am a senior, anxiously waiting to graduate from Fontbonne University. I am one semester away. I just have my internship. I just came back from TOB, so that's Theology of the Body, with Christopher West. It was amazing. It blew my mind out of the water. And I love hockey. I am so sad that the Blues only made it, I don't know how many rounds. And then I love soccer, so it's pretty good for the summer. I love Coldplay. Coldplay is amazing. Everybody should hear A Sky Full of Stars. It will just bring you like serenity with God in a way. Also, great joy. And then I love road trips. So last year I went to Boston, and this year I went to Pennsylvania and then Bismarck. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Well,
0: that's awesome. And if I recall correctly, you have somewhat of an interesting major at Fompon. Can you tell us what you're studying?
1: I am studying. So I am the only one in my major. Okay. Only one. So I'm studying public policy and advocacy specialized on the family.
0: Excellent. Very yeah. good. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah. Thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to just hearing about your story. So, as we get started here, just if you could take a couple minutes to maybe share your faith journey with us. Just how has your faith journey been as you've journeyed through these 22 years of life? And can you explain maybe a vivid encounter that you've had with our God? that has really impacted or changed your life?
1: So I'll start with the encounter. The encounter sure. happened actually around the time that we met. Okay. It was at a summer retreat at Seven Holy Founders, and we were in adoration. And what happened was, is while we were kneeling and looking at the Eucharist, all I could see was the Eucharist, just bright, pure light. And when I looked away, I was like, I can see everything again. So I was like, no, 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 no. Go back to Jesus. <laughs> Let's look at Jesus. So it was just this bright light, I had so much joy inside of me, like it was just coming out of me overflowing, yet so much peace that I was crying. And then another encounter like that during adoration happened at Steubenville, a little bit more powerful, but it just kept building on and on one another. And actually it turned into a series of saying yes to God over and over where my devotion to the Annunciation came. And I absolutely love Mary's Fiat because it's that total open and receiving of Jesus Christ in your life, yet there's also that suffering, but that suffering brings great joy. So what I've been seeking is interior peace. How can I find interior peace with God? And whether that be through little devotions through the day, like saying the Angelus in the morning and in the afternoon, the rosary, and then like divine mercy. And actually I learned I love holding those little oxidized metals that you get of saints, mm-hmm. I would always wear them and I'd be like, people would be like, "You have so many on, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I actually took them off and I started praying with them and making more of an intimate encounter with Christ and those saints to make it more meaningful in my prayer and just more honest. And so it helped me actually learn more of that language of God. I'm like, what is he saying? What do I really need? How do I really open up and receive him, like Mary in the Annunciation.
0: Awesome. Yeah. It's a beautiful reflection, and thank you for mentioning the Annunciation and the devotion that you have to it, because I think the Annunciation really is a good kind of microcosm of prayer. I think it's a good example, concretely, of what prayer is and its receptivity, and we forget that, I think, often. Some people... When they pray, they're kind of grasping, and I'm guilty of that very much at times, just kind of trying to get something from the Lord and not receiving it from the Lord. And just like Mary did, receiving the message of the angel, receiving the Holy Spirit, and bringing forth the Savior in the world as we evangelize. And as as we all know in, in Scripture, after Mary experiences the Annunciation, she immediately visits her relative Elizabeth and shares the good news with her and brings Christ to her and the infant. John the Baptist leaps in her womb because of joy, because of the presence of the Lord there. I was just going to ask you real quickly, Sarah, a lot of members of the audience probably know what Steubenville is, but could you just explain it a little bit more what that is? What is is Steubenville?
1: So Steubenville, there are Many teens and then young adult leaders come together to this one space. So we have Steubenville Mid-America that happens in Springfield, Missouri, almost at Illinois there. So Mm -hmm. in Springfield, Missouri, at Missouri State. And we take over Missouri State for two weekends. And it's just like this encounter with the Lord. So there's adoration. There's talks with different speakers from around the country. There's confession and mass. And it's just this greater community where mm-hmm. we can all come together and reencounter encounter the Lord on a bigger scale but there's like I want to say hundreds but I know it's not hundreds that happen across um, America throughout the summer mm-hmm. held by Franciscan University I believe
0: that's right perfect okay so that's your faith journey that's your story how you've encountered the Lord in your life what do you think is your mission or what do you desire in life what is what is your dream what, what do you want to accomplish in life
1: That has been up in the air the past few months, because with being a senior, it's been, I really, really want to lobby. I thought, okay, God, you want to call me the lobbying. So advocacy, let's do it. And then I've learned maybe it's just incorporating lobbying into my life. So Mm -hmm. standing up for people and evangelizing through what are policies that we need to stand up for or abolish or help take down. Mm -hmm. I think that's the best word. But I feel like I've been called to study theology a lot more deeply lately, so I've been looking at Augustine Institute over in Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. I spent a week there with a group of really good friends that I got to know, and we just really reflected on the confessions of St. Augustine. Right now, I've been looking at maintaining that state of interior peace with the Lord of just how do I combat all of the struggles? Because there's a lot of struggles going on in my life right now. but. When you maintain that interior peace, it makes it so much more intimate with God of like, okay, God, let me just open my arms. Let me just take it. And then I've also looked at doing spiritual direction, like mm-hmm. being a spiritual director. So there's Steve Hoot in Birmingham, Alabama, I believe, with Dan Burke. Okay. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Great. In this mission that you've been living and kind of seeking to live more deeply with your prayer life and your interior life and just kind of what you plan to do as an activist, perhaps, what are the challenges and blessings that you've experienced in your life so far, in your work, in your ministry, just in your life?
1: In my life, I'd say, so I have ADD and ADHD. So that's attention deficit disorder or attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people associate that with little kids and how like little boys can be running around crazily and they're like, oh, they just can't sit still. I've learned through that struggle it's something that's a blessing. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people would say that, but it's a blessing because when you can understand how's your body working, how is God talking to you, then you can try to dive in deeper and use it as a strength more so. Sure. It's taken me a while to get here, but it's amazing. And so with that and then my home life, so I have a very broken home life right now. We're kind of struggling with Mm -hmm. some, there's an estranged family member and it's just been hard on my family and as well as myself. But, Finding that interior peace and then also the divine mercy has just been such a blessing because I've been like, okay, I can't blame these people for what they've done to me or done to my family. They have their own sin that they're struggling with too. Just like Jesus did in all of his encounters in the gospel, like we can't blame them because then we have to blame ourselves too. We have to turn and look at the mirror. So that's been more of the blessing using that divine mercy and just God's grace more so.
0: Sure. Sure. So that's the what about the blessings in your life? Yeah. I know you mentioned oh, that, uh, okay. that you have certainly kind of encountered the mercy yeah. and you've kind of seen the light in the struggle and in the mm-hmm. cross, but anything, any other blessings that you've encountered lately or in your life at all?
1: Let me think. This is kind of off the top of my head. I <laughs> wasn't prepared for this one of thinking, but I think the relationship with my mom. Having somebody that is close to you and also my friendships, like my friendship with you and Mm -hmm. just really good friendships because having those friendships, it can really build you up in those times where it's been hard and your friendship can also lead you to challenges that you might not have expected in your faith life and Mm -hmm. in your regular life since they're both intertwined. The relationship with my mom has just been amazing the last Mm -hmm. few months. I don't really express it to her because like, that's not fully my love language with her right now it's just been eye-opening and i'm like oh my gosh god this was right in front of me i cannot believe this like thank you because like she paid for both my boyfriend and i to go on that theology the body conference with christopher west and then hearing her say well i paid for it so you guys could have that encounter together to help prep for your future marriage now no i'm not engaged but we've been dating for five years, so we're close. Sure. But yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Finally, just in your recap of kind of your experience of faith and the challenges and blessings you've experienced and such and your goals, how would you define evangelization for our listeners? Have you come to understand evangelization more deeply in your own life? How would you define it for people that are curious? What does that mean to evangelize?
1: Okay, I can tell you I traditionally thought that it meant you had to go and be a public speaker. Like There's Jackie Francois, who's one of the speakers at the conferences, and I was like, yeah, got to be a liquor, got to be a speaker, got to be in front of a lot of people, and I can do it. And then just learning my gifts and talents, that's not really where I thrive. Where I thrive is that one-on-one encounter with people, like right here. It's building that intimate relationship with people, getting to know them in their struggle, and also in their highs, like their joys in life. Mm -hmm. Because then you get to watch them grow, you get to see their sufferings on their own cross, but then they get to share that with you as well. That's where I see it the most, because then you get to love people just as God loves them intimately, because it kind of reminds me of Mother Teresa, like loving the murderer, but also loving like the most tiniest baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Sure. Great. Okay. Well, that's Sarah's story. And one of the things that I just see that's so central to Sarah's journey so far is prayer and fostering that interior life and so the catechesis today will just be on prayer a lot of catechism quotes and what the saints have offered us about prayer so let's just begin how do we how do we even start to pray from paragraph 2662 of the catechism the word of god the liturgy of the church and the virtues of faith hope and charity are sources of prayer for us and so as we reflect on those different things we're often kind of lost. Where do I begin to pray? And so we can start with the sacraments of the church and the liturgy of the church, the mass that we have available to us every day, also the word of God, God's living word that moves in our hearts, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and also just the the virtues that we've received from our baptism, faith, hope, and charity, those important theological virtues that we often pray for an increase of during the rosary. And then furthermore, from 2668 in the catechism, it's important to understand how to pray with the invocation of the holy name of Jesus. And so the catechism tells us that the invocation of the holy name of Jesus is the simplest way of praying always. This prayer is possible for us at all times because it is not one occupation among others, but the only occupation, that of loving God, which animates and transfigures every action in Christ Jesus. So just the power of the name. There's a feast on January 3rd that was instituted by John Paul II just honoring the most holy name of Jesus. And so that's a great way for us to pray, to utter his name and to pray to him in our moments of our day. And from 2694, the Christian family is the first place for education in prayer. So as we look at the importance of family and our own families roles in our own lives, just how we've grown together through the relationships that we've had with our siblings or our mother or our father, our extended family, even just how important the Christian family can be as a source and a place of prayer for us all. Also, we have beautiful shrines in our city, chapels, churches, monasteries, prayer rooms in our house, and just different areas set aside for prayer. Christian tradition has retained for us, though, three major expressions of prayer, So we have vocal prayer, meditative prayer, and contemplative prayer. So I'll just talk about each of these briefly in turn. We'll start with vocal prayer. This is from the catechism still in that fourth part, all about Christian prayer. And so on vocal prayer, the catechism tells us that the need to involve the senses in our interior prayer corresponds to a requirement of our human nature. And so because we are body and spirit and experience the need to translate our feelings externally, vocal prayer is very important for us. So we pray with our whole being, and we give all power possible to our supplication vocally. This need for vocal prayer also corresponds to a divine requirement that God has given us. God seeks worshipers in spirit and in truth, as he mentions in John 4, and consequently living prayer that rises from the depths of our soul. And so we speak what is in our heart. He also wants our external expression that associates our entire body and our entire being with our interior prayer. And so that's vocal prayer. Secondly, meditative prayer engages our thoughts, imagination, emotions, and desires. So this mobilization of our faculties is necessary for us to deepen our convictions of faith. It also prompts the conversion of our heart and strengthens our will to follow our Lord. Christian prayer tries, above all else, to help us meditate on the mysteries of the life of Christ as in Lexio Divina or the Rosary. And so Lexio Divina, the Rosary, even the Divine Mercy Chaplet can all be great moments for us to ponder and reflect and meditate on the mysteries of the life of Christ, whether it's from the lens of ourselves, the lens of Christ himself, or the lens of the Blessed Virgin Mary, his mother. So this form of prayerful reflection of meditation is of great value for us, but it can even go further to the knowledge and the love of our Lord Jesus, to union with him. And so in that meditation, we seek union with him that takes its highest form in the third form of prayer, which is contemplation. So, contemplative prayer, this third type of prayer from paragraph 2712 in the Catechism, this is the prayer of the child of God, of the forgiven sinner who agrees to welcome the love by which he is loved and who wants to respond to it by loving even more. But he knows that the love he is returning is poured out by the Spirit in his heart, as Romans five five tells us. For everything is grace from God. Contemplative prayer, then, is the poor and humble surrender to the loving will of the Father in ever deeper union with his beloved Son. And so in different parts of this passage in the Catechism, different saints especially have described contemplative prayer as a communion of love, a gaze of faith fixed on Jesus, hearing the word of God, silence and union with the prayer of christ so these are all just helpful modes of prayer for us vocal prayer meditative prayer and contemplative prayer just so many wonderful quotes from the saints on prayer and i've just summarized them in three from three great saints of the church and there's tons more that i'm sure we know and and love but i picked three from first from saint teresa of avila she says that contemplative prayer is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. And then St. Alphonsus Liguori, those who pray are certainly saved. Those who do not pray are certainly damned. It's a very tough Tough quote to hear from St. Alphonsus, and it just shows us the great value and how important prayer is to us to strengthen our will, to help us receive the grace of Christ, to avoid sin, and to live virtuous lives, and to embrace our call to sainthood. And then finally, from one of my favorite saints, St. John Chrysostom, it is possible, he writes, to offer fervent prayer even while walking in public or strolling alone or seated in your shop, while buying or selling or even while cooking. And so that's a great reminder to us all As we can all reflect on the many different jobs that we work in and how we invite our Lord into those moments of prayer and how we really embrace him and still offer those moments that seem to be not really focused necessarily on the Lord. We offer them to him and invite him into those moments and really we build that relationship with him in our job and in each moment of the day. And i just close with two brief passages from St Paul's letters first from the first letter to the Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 Paul says pray without ceasing and then secondly from Ephesians 6:18 Paul writes pray in the spirit at all times and every prayer and supplication to that end keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints so prayer can take a form of gratitude or adoration and it also helps us to maybe confess our sins in our prayer, and also to offer supplication for those that we know and love, for ourselves, and special intentions that we have. So prayer is rich in our tradition of 2,000 years in the Catholic Church, and so this is just kind of a summary of of the importance of prayer and the types of prayer that we have available to us, but there are certainly others. And so we'll close today with our beautiful Reflection on prayer from Sarah Rose and just her her faith journey and the role of interior peace and reflection in her own life. We'll just close with her practical advice for all of us as we continue to seek to evangelize and certainly taking care of the interior life that we have. And so Sarah, any closing words for us as we continue our mission of evangelization?
1: I would first say that always invite the Holy Spirit into your relationships and interactions with people because that's that same of how saying yes to the fiat in that annunciation of Mary, like asking the Holy Spirit, like work through me, allow me not to be self-reliant and say something that may not lead that person to God. I would say know yourself and understand your gifts and talents, like your strengths and your weaknesses. Like where do you thrive best? Like I saw one-on-one encounters were a lot better than public speaking because I love making personal close relationships with people rather than freaking myself out on a stage and messing up. I thought of a third one, but actually, I want to change it too because something you said pointed out to me: devotion in the sacraments. Because the sacraments are so important, I've actually grown more in daily confession. Really trying to work on daily mass, but weekly confession has been so life changing for me. It's made me reflect more on how am I growing towards God or how am I stepping away from God, and it's really made me like work interiorly and remain aware of how am I living that devout Catholic life? The last one would be trust your ability to state the truth, even if it seems harsh, but be aware of your tone and your delivery. Because there will be times where it's hard and somebody doesn't want to hear what you're saying. They might be resistant, but what you're saying is going to be true if you know it's honest and true. And that's hard because, like, the life of the prophets was pretty hard because, like, Mm -hmm. they had resistance as well. I can just think of a few, like... I think it was Jonah and Nineveh. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, Sarah. This was awesome, and it was great to be with you. And this is, again, just a reminder, this is our fifth episode of Word of Mouth, and you can access these on the SoundCloud account for the Archdiocese of St. Louis and also on our page on the archstl.org website at the Office of Laity and Family Life under the Evangelization tab. So this is Sarah Rose, our guest today. I'm your host, Michael Horn. It's good to be with you all. May God bless you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mahfoud. Good day.